All right, that's beautiful. All righty, awesome. Okay, so um, would would enter straight into what we are going to talk about today. Well, let's let's just say a short word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for another opportunity you have given us to spend time being enlightened by your word. We pray that the spirit of truth will reveal to us everything on your heart. Thank you so much, Father, that we are receiving understanding into the art of meditation. We thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. And everyone shout a big amen. All right. Okay, so, um, yeah, last week we started, uh, we started something on meditation and um, last week we understood that um, when Christ, who is our life, appears, we'll be just like him. And we established the fact that um, we are, the life we carry is called Christ. So the life you live is different from the life that a worldly person lives because the life you live has a meaning. And the name of that life is Christ. Now, today we are proceeding um, and we explain that what God expects the most of you is to come to an, a place of understanding of that life. Before you talk about um, the outworking, before you talk about ministry, before you talk about doing something for God, before you talk about running in the name of God, you first have to understand who that God is within you. So we looked at that. So what God expects the most of you is to understand what he has put inside of you. And we, we established the fact that the prescribed principle, the prescribed method, the prescribed system of education that God has given us to understand more of him, to decode him, is the art of meditation. And so we are going to study more into the subject of meditation. But before we, we, we go into what we have for today, I just want to say on the side that, um, I just want to say on the side that, you know, um, it, it is so important, it is seriously important to understand what we have, who we are, and where God has brought us to. Because the Bible says that, when we got born again, God translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So, um, there was a particular kingdom you belonged to and now you have been migrated to a new kingdom. Now, all of you here will agree with me that if today you should be transitioned from Ghana, you should be, you should be moved from Ghana to, let's say, um, Denmark or Norway or the US of A you cannot assume that the way they live their life there is exactly the same way we live our life here because the laws, the rules and the principles that govern their country is different from the rules, the laws, the principles that govern ours so we cannot carry the same understanding about our life in our country 
to the life in the new country because probably in our country when you finish drinking a sachet of water you can just throw the rubber somewhere and nobody bothers but probably in their country you are not allowed to do you guys even know that there are countries where chewing gum is banned i don't know if it's singapore somebody can check online for me um, there are countries where chewing gum is banned so i kind of assume that chewing gum is such a light thing okay thank you very much so yes singapore so you cannot assume that chewing gum is such a light thing in my country i mean who thinks about chewing gum so the fact that chewing gum is such a light thing in my country doesn't necessarily mean that it is a light thing in somebody else's country because now we see that in singapore it is so it is such a serious thing you'll be fined if you are caught chewing gum so we cannot carry the same principles and understandings of life in our country or in where we used to be and carry the same thing to operate with in where we are because the bible is saying in colossians that god translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son which is a kingdom of light and obviously darkness does not look in any way like light so we don't expect the principles of administration, the principles of living to be the same. Neither can we assume that we know what is expected of us in the kingdom of light. So we cannot just come into the kingdom of light and start running with the aim that we are running in the name of the Lord. We cannot come into the kingdom of light and carry a principle we knew from our old kingdom and bring it here and exercise the principle and think we are doing something great for God because unknown to you, you may be offending him. So, what is the most important of you in your new place you have been brought to is not to jump quickly to assignments. God is not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry to make you start working for him. God is not impatient. He's not in a hurry. He's not under pressure. Time submits to him. Everything is at his command. Paul says in Acts 17 that he's Lord over all. And seeing that he made everything and gave life and breath to everything, he does not need human hands to meet his needs. So that means that God is not under pressure. He's not in, an, in a hurry. Everything submits to him. So God is not under pressure in a hurry to make you run and jump to an assignment. Now, God's first interest is not for you to do the work, but it's for you to do the work right. Because somebody may take one step and you may take 10,000 steps but the person is still better than you if you took the 10,000 steps in the wrong direction so God doesn't just want you to take steps he wants you to take the steps in the right direction and because of that he's more interested in your education in the ways of the kingdom than in your working for the kingdom and we saw it happen in in Romans chapter 10, Paul starts it by saying that 
the children of Israel had a lot of zeal. Like they had a lot of energy and passion, but not according to knowledge. So in other words, they were so zealous, they were so fired up, but unknown to them, in their zeal and in their fire, God came and then they crucified God. They fought God. They killed God. So, <laughs> they thought they were zealous for God. They thought they were passionate for God. They thought they were doing something great for God. But when the God whom they thought they were working for came, they couldn't even recognize him. That is to tell you that Father is more interested in we the sons knowing him than in us working in his name. That is why one time Jesus made the statement, and this is eternal life, that you know the Father. <laughs> I repeat it. He says, and this is eternal life, that you will know the Father. So, God bringing you to a place of eternal life, and God bringing you to a place of, of light, his first expectation is for you to know, to have knowledge, to understand where you are. So in, in Ephesians 1, we see Paul pray for the church. And as Paul was praying for the Ephesian church, he prayed concerning their assignment. He prayed concerning their hope. He prayed concerning the power they have. But in all of this, he didn't pray for energy for them to do the assignment. He also didn't pray for more power for them. Rather, he prayed for knowledge and understanding. He said that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so that you will know the glorious hope for you who have been called. And so that you can understand the incredible power at work in you. In other words, he was rather praying for them to have knowledge and understanding of where they are and what they have, rather than for them to be filled with energy and passion to do the work. And it's so amazing that when you go to the book of Colossians, in his prayer for the Colossian church, he prayed for them to also receive a complete understanding, a complete knowledge of God's will. In other words, Paul was more interested in the people knowing things than in the people doing things. Alright. So, let's go to um, um, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Alright, so Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says that um, in this book of the law, shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So that's what Joshua 1 8 says. Now, it's so amazing that God is prescribing a lifestyle for Joshua, and he didn't prescribe for Joshua to do more. <clears throat> he prescribed for Joshua to take in more. So, he said, this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then, you would make your way prosperous and you have good success. So, Making your way prosperous and having good success, all are outward expressions. Okay, so outward expressions, something you do on the outward, outward expressions. These are expressed on the outward. Now, God is saying that 
I want you to have the right expression outwardly. Because he didn't say, for them, that shall have success. He says, that shall have good success. In other words, there are some successes that are not good. In other words, you can be very successful, but God will look at it and say, it is not good. Because in Genesis 1, we saw the same thing. God successfully separated things, and when he was done, he looked at it and said, it was good. Meaning that there was a possibility for it to not be good. Because later on, he looked at Adam and said, it is not good that Adam should be alone. So it was possible for it to not be good. So he says that, for then you make your way prosperous and you have good success. So you can be doing well. We can even be doing well as a ministry. We can be doing well as a church. And everyone will think, wow, they are doing well. They are succeeding. They are increasing in attendance. They are increasing in numbers and everything. But because it's not in the right direction, in, in God's proper will for us, we will have success, but it won't be good success. Now, God realized that outward expression, outward manifestation, and the right outward manifestation was heavily dependent on something. The right expression, the right running out, the right issuing out, the right manifestation was dependent on something. So we take the verse again from the top and it says, This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. In other words, the language you speak should be the word. Then he says that, Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. And that he says, for then you will make. In other words, not until you do these things which are the prerequisite, there is no way you would attain your way being prosperous and then your success being good. So, God's prescription for Joshua was three things. This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. Now, in the center of these two things, there is a pivot, which is meditation. Now, the pivot, which is meditation, is this. In order to speak, we first have to take in the information. So without meditation, we can't allow the word to depart out of us, to, to be in our mouth. Then, in order to do all that is written according, that is written therein, we first have to know what is in there before we can do. So, in order to do, you need to meditate. So, in order to speak, there needs to be meditation. In order to do, there needs to be meditation. So, the pivot for these two things is meditation. So, in other words, we can summarize God's requirement for Joshua to have good success and for Joshua to have his way prosperous into meditation. So God's program for Joshua for life was meditation. Now, but that was God's instruction to Joshua. Joshua lived in the old covenant, which is something we need to, we need to understand very well as believers. Probably we'll talk about that next, next week, the old covenant and the new. Okay. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. So, now, Paul is telling us as 
new creation beings, as beings who have been introduced to a new life. He said that because we've been introduced to a new life, there are actually new realities for us. But here is the thing. He says, set your mind on those realities since you have been risen with Christ. Set your mind on those realities. In other words, the same instruction that God gave to Joshua in the Old Covenant about him meditating on the Word day and night, Paul is giving us the same thing in the New. Because it's important to understand that there is a gospel that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, handed over to Paul for the Gentiles, which is the rest of the world, which is us. So, just as Moses was the giver of the law to the children of Israel, and the old covenant was built on the foundation of the law Moses gave, we have to understand that for the new covenant and the gospel to the Gentiles, Paul was the one chosen of God to give that revelation to the Gentiles. So, our life is built on the revelation that Paul handed over. Now, in this revelation, Paul says that we should fix our mind. Set it. The King James says that set your mind on things above where Christ is. In other words, do you know what it means to set? It means to fix at a static place. So, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above where Christ is. Set your mind there. In other words, fix your mind to continually be hovering at that place. Now, it is important to understand that what we will, we will live out is dependent on the information that enters into our heart. And different informations will always be permitted into your heart because your eyes, your ears, your senses, they all transfer information there. So things will always be going there. But the information that dominates, the information that rules, the information that will gain weight will be the one that is received in the most will be the one that is dwelt on the most will be the one that is that hovers around the most so jesus or uh, joshua god's word to joshua was meditate therein day and night because god knew that taking in the word once doesn't do anything because as it goes in, more information comes. So he says that, Joshua, I am the one who designed this complex system called the mind. And I know the way it functions, the, the, the ins and outs. So I'm saying that in order to see the effect and to have the full effect of my word, you need to meditate on it day and night. In other words, it should be the thing that hovers around on this playing ground of the mind the most. Because if it doesn't stay there as long as it should, as much as it should, other informations will have their domain over it. Now, Monio, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
So he says that we are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. So all of you should understand that as believers and as people who have been brought to a place where we've received a new kind of life, there is a new reality we live. And that new reality is that one of the new realities is that we actually do war. Now we've all become warriors. And he says that here is the thing. Even though we become warriors and we war, we don't war the way humans do. We don't wage war like mankind. The old world, which is the kingdom of darkness, the old kingdom where you used to be, had a way of waging war. They wage war physically with weapons and, and, and they fight. But he says that in this our new kingdom, we don't wage war like that. In this our new kingdom, there is a new strategy. There is a new system, a new way of waging war. So if you come into our kingdom and try to wage war with the enemies of our kingdom, the way you wish to wage war when you were a human being, you'd actually be fighting a foolish fight. Because there is a way we wage war here. There are weapons we use. There are things that we use that weren't used in the old world. 